recordings are not for nothing. All right, so today we are diving back into the Sermon on the Mount, and last week we covered two two beatitudes: the blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, and blessed are the are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Um, and all the characteristics, like Andrew reminded us last week, they all build on top of one another. So, like we started with porn, poor in spirit. You can't be. Um, you can't mourn over your sin like we talked about last week unless you are poor in spirit. You can't be meek unless you mourn over your sin and you're poor in spirit. And then today we are talking about um, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So you cannot thirst for righteousness or hunger for righteousness unless you are poor in spirit, you mourn over your sin, and you are meek. Um, so let's kind of review what each one of those parts mean. In a quick sentence, how would you describe what it means to be poor in spirit? Yes, to know that you're spiritually bankrupt, and that's why we need Jesus. What about those who mourn? What does it mean um, when it, when Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn? Yeah, yeah, they're grieving over their sin. Um, and what what does it mean to be meek? Like a little mouse. You're small no. and quiet, and you don't do much. You just sit there because you're scared. No. What does it mean? It's like humility, mm-hmm. but it's not. Yes. It's, I, that's one that's hard to describe in a sentence. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard, which is why we used other scripture to kind of interpret it. Delaney, you looked like you were about to say something. I was, so I wrote down quiet strength. Yes. That's like a great way to describe it. A, a quiet strength. Um, it's just a strength that you know that your strength comes from the Lord, so there's no need to boast in it, but you know that you can trust in him and you know things will work out for good. Um, and it just keeps you humble. It keeps you trusting in God. It's a quiet strength. Um, so today we are hitting the, um, the next verse in the Sermon on the Mount, which is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Um, so throughout the Bible, this is one of my favorite things that God does is, Oh no! I was just about to do it too. I'll have to do jiggle the mouse. Yeah. Okay. Just about to do it. Okay. Um, like our like, hunger and thirst and water and food to describe like what he is to us. Um, so turning your Bibles to Jeremiah 2.13. Um, I will, this is one of my favorite, I mean, it's like not my favorite verse, but it's my favorite like thing that God says about who he is. Like one of the, my favorite things that, the ways that God describes himself. Um, so Jeremiah 2.13. Um, Whoever is there first, could you read it? I can read it. All right. Thank you, Andrea. Uh, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Awesome. All right. Who knows what a broken cistern is? 
thing before? Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing in the, in the days of um, Jeremiah that they would hold their water in, and a broken cistern would look something like this. Yuck. So, can everyone see it? It would look like this. So, it's broken. The water can't move. Um, there's, like, algae. It's gross. You would never want to drink this, right? And it looks kind of like this is another picture of a broken cistern. So that's what, when some, so just like some context here, the reason that God says this, my people have forsaken me and they're drinking out of broken cisterns um, is because they were idolizing other, other little G gods. Um, they were turning to things of the world to satisfy them and they were not turning to the one thing that could satisfy them. Um, so they were drinking and like metaphorically drinking from something that was broken, dirty, never going to satisfy. And honestly, if you drank that water, you would probably just die. Um, you probably get some sort of infection and just, um, and your body would not like you. Um, so here in Jeremiah, God is saying that I am clean water. I am living water. Um, I'm the only one that will satisfy you no matter what you turn to. Um, it will never fulfill you like I can. Um, so God is saying that he alone is the fountain of living water, all satisfying, all consuming, pure and perfect. So God is this. He's a beautiful waterfall that oh, is just amazing to look at. And he is alive and active and living. Um, or he's like this. He's a river of flowing water. And you can, uh, you can do it pretty much anything you want in there. You can probably drink that water. You might. I mean, maybe not. But if, 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 like, you know, you know what I mean. Um, it's living, it's moving, it's beautiful. Um, if you, like, if you're dirty and you come to it, you're clean, right? Um, so, like, that's what God is saying. He's like, why would you ever drink from something that is broken and dirty and filled with mold and algae and disgusting things when you can come to me and be satisfied, be cleaned, and find your fulfillment? Um, so the reason I, I brought us to Jeremiah 2.13 is because I think this is a beautiful picture of what Jesus is trying to say here. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Um, because when we hunger and thirst for the things that God is and who he is and what he wants for our life, that's the only way that we will be satisfied. Um, and this isn't the only time that God uses this in the Bible, right? He also use it, uses it in John 4 when he meets the woman at the well. Um, and John 4, 13-14 uh, says, what Jesus says to the woman at the well, he says, everyone who drinks of this water, this water that she was next to, this well, um, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give to him will never thirst again. The water that I give will become a, um, a well of water springing up to eternal life. Um, so you don't have to be a Bible scholar, right, to realize that nothing in this world is going to satisfy you. You don't have to be like some Greek Hebrew scholar to realize, oh, what Jesus is saying is that anything else I turn to in this world, whether it's um, my grades, boys, what I look like, um, trying to be successful at all I do, that will never satisfy me. And I think we all know that in our minds, but it's all about getting it into our heart. Um, and and I even see this like, I mean, it happens all the time in my life. I'll, even something as simple, I think I said this last week, simple as like getting a really cute new outfit. And you're like, yes, I will never need another new outfit ever again. And then a week later, you're like, hmm, okay, I kind of want a new outfit. 
that's how it is with everything else, right? Um, you could be the most beautiful, the most wealthy, the most successful person in the room, and you can still be craving for something more. Um, and that's because our hearts were not created to find their fulfillment in the things of this world. This world isn't our home. Um, they were created to know Jesus. They were created to know God. Um, they, our hearts were created to literally be near the stream of living water. And when we're near a broken cistern, we will always come up empty. Um, so why do you guys think that God made us this way, that we are not satisfied by anything of this world? Why, why would he make us that way? If we were satisfied by something of this world, whatever that is, would be more important hmm. than God. Yeah. Yeah. Not supposed to be. That thing would be God. Yeah, if God created us to be like absolutely satisfied with like our possessions, then our possessions would be God. Yeah, yeah, we'd have no need for Him. Yeah, so God intentionally formed our hearts to not be able to be satisfied by anything else, um, and that's in Scripture. That's in Ecclesiastes three eleven, which God tells us that He wrote eternity on our hearts. Um, so the fact that nothing on this world satisfies us points to the fact that God is God, that he is the creator, that he loves us, and we're created to be in relationship with him. Um, so now jumping back to Matthew 5, um, this beatitude tells us that the characteristic of one who knows God, who knows Jesus, um, is not craving and seeking the things of the world, but they're craving and seeking the things of God, um, of righteousness. Um, so before we dive into anything else, I kind of want to hit on what this word righteousness means. And Andrea and I kind of like we're just talking about this at the beginning. Um, but when we think of the world, word righteousness, sometimes, at least my mind, it goes straight to like, um, Jesus and like he lived perfectly so like that is righteousness and God is holy so he is righteous and it's like basically someone who hasn't sinned at all that is doing everything perfectly um, but this specific translation of righteousness does act like it does mean that um, but it also just means someone who just like lives righteously someone who desires to live righteously which just means desires to do the right thing desires to obey the Lord desires to um, you know um, just have the, the right heart and mind towards God. Um, so God's will for our life is perfect, and they want to follow God's will. So that's what this righteousness means, hunger and thirst for doing the will of God. Um, so therefore, anyone who craves righteousness craves to just obey God, craves to do the things that he says in the, his word, um, to obey what he's calling you to do in your life. Um, they want their life to be a reflection of him and pleasing to him. Um, and they want it, and basically they want it more than they want food and water. It's like that same desire. Um, so let's dive into these two words, hunger and thirst. Um, these are going to be super simple questions, but that's okay. Um, what is hunger? The need for, the need for food. <laughs> what does it feel like? Awful. Awful. Yeah, your stomach makes noises and you can't think straight. Yeah. Yeah, if you're really far hungry. Your body doesn't function properly. Mm -hmm. Same with thirst. If you're too thirsty, your body doesn't function properly. Yeah. 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 So hunger, the need for food, thirst, the need for water. And what do, when you feel these feelings, which is your body like telling you, ah, feed me, let me drink water, I'm so thirsty. Um, what do they lead you to do? To satisfy the need. To yes. Eat something. Yes. To drink something. 
yeah, to satisfy the need. It always leads to action, right? So these feelings are led to action and they show us something that we need. So when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, it's saying, I need to live a life that is reflective of God and I desire that. I crave it. Um, just like you crave like a sandwich after you get done with like a long work day and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten since this time and I'm so hungry. Um, that same feeling is the feeling that we should have towards God and doing the things that he calls us to um, and pursuing a life that he wants us to uh, wants us to um, live. Um, so yeah, which is so crazy to think about because I, I think about times that I'm like really starving and then I think, huh, how often am I like that towards God? <laughs> like I would love to just wake up in the morning and immediately be like, I can't wait to do the will of the Lord. Like I am so, I'm like hungry for it. Um, but yeah, it's a desire that just grows and grows and grows. Um, so do you guys think that our hunger for righteousness will ever go away? No. No? Why not? Because there's none righteous, no, not one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our hunger for righteousness is never going to go away. Um, but it's interesting because the second part of the Beatitude says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Um, but that hunger for righteousness will never go away until we're in heaven, until we are righteous. Um, and this just points to sanctification, right? Because as we, as we walk through our Christian life, um, we will change, right? If We talked about this a few weeks ago at church, that if you look back on when you became a Christian to now, and you're like, huh, I haven't really changed that much. Um, you might need to like reevaluate like your your heart, um, but also like our lives are always supposed to be marked by change. Um, so that hunger for righteousness is supposed to get more and more and more overwhelming, more and more desirable. Um, we'll we always want to be, desire to be more like Christ. We always want to desire more to do the will of God. Um, we always want to desire more to like live righteously, um, not out of fear, but out of love, because we realize the amazing grace that we've received. Um, so no, that hunger for righteousness will never go away, but God's satis satisfying love towards us will never change. We, even though we're hungering for righteousness, we will always remain satisfied in him, um, which is so, so cool to think about. Um, another thing I was just thinking about this week is just like when you get the smallest taste of who Jesus is, you always want more, right? Like the life that he calls you to, when you taste that that, that grace and forgiveness of Christ, and it like changes your life. You're like, oh my gosh, I have to have more. Um, I don't know if you guys can ever think back to a time in your life that maybe it was when you first started walking with the Lord, or maybe it's after kind of like the Lord kind of stirred your heart again, um, and you can't get enough of the word of God. Like I... I just like want to go back to those times in my life so bad because I got a tiny little taste of who Jesus was. And then I was just like, I have to consume everything in the Bible. Like I'm so like hungry for the word. Um, but too often we don't desire God in that way. Um, we for I forget all the time that God alone can satisfy me and I'm constantly looking for other things to satisfy me. Um, so kind of going off of that, what are some of the things that are in your life right now that you desire more than God sometimes? Good grades. <laughs> that was fast. It came like right to your mind. Yeah, good grades. Yeah, and good grades are awesome. That's a good thing to strive for. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you guys desire more than God? Mm. Yes. <laughs> like I'll just not do my devotions and I'll sleep, which actually I think is okay sometimes. Um to not do your devotions and to choose to sleep, especially if you 
are tired. Well, there's more than one way to spend time with the Lord. Right? Yes, so for sure. It, if, we, if spending time with the Lord becomes like, okay, I have to wake up and I have to do this and then I have to do this, that's, that's not good, right? Hmm. We can be appreciative that the Lord's allowed time in our schedule to sleep in a little bit and then spend time with Him in other ways throughout the day. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to always be this perfect, exact, good, hmm. better thing for every single day. Yeah. Yeah, which is like so good to hear because I think that sometimes when we say like oh gotta do your devotions we picture like sitting down as the sun is rising and you're drinking your coffee and you're studying and you're praying and you <laughs> never at the same time yeah sometimes Luke takes a really great nap and I'll like study while he's napping sometimes uh-huh. it's literally before I go to bed other mm-hmm. times it's because I've woken up two hours early yeah there's not a set way to do it because mm-hmm. the Lord's always there yeah, he's always there, and he's not. He doesn't really care so much about your like strict schedule as he just wants your heart. But if you start craving the sleep, or if you start mm. putting the sleep ahead of God intentionally yes. every single time, and not like being like, "Lord, thank you for this you know morning that I get to rest and that I have time mm. built into my afternoon." You know? Yeah. If it's always, "Well, I'll get to it later. I'm gonna go back to sleep. I'll just hit the snooze button." That's right. not the right attitude about it. Yeah. Mm. Like it's a fine line. Yeah, for sure. It is. And it's all just about knowing your heart and asking the Lord to reveal your heart to you. Because you can definitely go either way. Yeah. What are some other things that you guys notice that you desire more than you desire God? I know for me, one of the things that I desire um, more than God often is... Um, I know it's a basic answer, but it's like the approval of others. So I'll do things not because I want to please the Lord and want to bring glory to Him, but simply because I want like people to like me or I want people to be like, oh yeah, thanks for doing that. Like even a simple like thank you, I'm like, oh that's a, yes, that's like what I want, you know. <laughs> um, and that's not right because all the things that I do should be for the glory of God, but very often it's not like that. So it's just like the approval of man. Um, so yeah, each of us have our own desires and motivations, things that we hunger and crave. We're all so different. So the things that like Andrea craves may not be the things that I crave or the things that Mackenzie desires aren't going to be the things that Brooke desires. Um, and the, if we take a look at the world around us, the world around us is starving, right? For the, those that don't know Christ are starving for something that they have, like they don't know that Jesus will satisfy them because they've never tried it. Um, they're starving for Jesus. They just don't know it. Um, so what things do you guys see the world is hungry for? What do they search after? Mm-hmm. Satisfaction. Love is another one. Yeah. Approval. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Approval. Happiness. 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 Yep. Sense of true identity. Ooh. Yeah. A huge one. Yeah. Yeah. Especially right now, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. Everyone just wants to find, like, themselves. find themselves. Especially going to IUPUI, you see mm-hmm. all of that all the time. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you can just pick it up in the way that they talk sometimes. You're just like, huh. Yeah, yeah, Andrea listed off a few really good ones. Yeah, I put comfort, pleasure, money, security. Um, the world is, like, chasing after these things. They've been chasing after them from the beginning of time, right? It's not just, like, our um, our generation that's, like, preoccupied with, like, wanting to um, 
I don't know, be satisfied, be comfortable. It's been, it's been happening since the beginning of time. Um, not, and not once, not once has any of these things ever satisfied someone, right? So if every single human being from the beginning of time has been chasing after satisfaction, fulfillment, and they haven't found it once in the things of this world, like, doesn't that say something? <laughs> um, but yeah, like when you know Jesus and you walk with him, you'll notice that like those desires kind of fade away and that your ultimate satisfaction, the, satis- the, the emptiness that was in your heart is gone when you know who Jesus is. Um, and the only one to, the only way to be satisfied is to go to the one who created us, right? To find our home and the one that calls us home. Um, we are created to live a life that is with God, that is in step with the Lord. Um, there's just there's a song that I just love listening to. Um, it's called "Made for Jesus" by um, I don't I don't remember who wrote it, but it's really good. And it's basically saying, "I was made for Jesus. I was made for heaven. I was made to walk next to Him." Like that's what we were made for. And I just think it's like such a simple, sweet song. Um, it's just a great reminder that I'm not made to. Um, be on this earth and to try to bring glory to myself. I'm not here to try to be the most um, successful, most beautiful, most whatever. I'm here to just be with God and to make his name known. Um, And so the Bible tells us just like, um, I mean, it tells us all things, but it tells us the way that the world is seeking after satisfaction is not the way that us as Christ followers are supposed to seek after satisfaction. Um, When we are starving for God, there is no other way to fill that that's starvation unless it's from him. Um, and we will find satisfaction in him. It's a promise. Jesus says it himself in Matthew 5 um, that you will be satisfied. Um, and like I said before, this promise rings true throughout scripture. Um, so turn with me to Psalm 63. Um, so again, we're using scripture to help us understand other scriptures. I think something else important about the verbs hunger and thirst. Mm. Right. It, it's not just a little craving. Yeah. It's, it's if you're hungry and you're thirsty, there's there's the inability to survive mm. without food and water. Yes. Yeah. So we as Christians should be unable to survive without righteousness. Mm. That's or it's good. Str- well, whenever we reach it, but like striving for that in our life, you know. Yeah. So oh, that's good. It's not just you know I want to be righteous. <laughs> it's like every fiber of me needs to have the good motives, the mm. good deeds, like I need to be Christ-like. It's not just a I want to be righteous. I want to be good. Yeah. It's the inability to survive without that severe moral compass. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Because it's not like, it's not like when you like skip your snack in the afternoon and you're like, I can make it till dinner, but I am hungry. Hungry. It's like, no, I haven't eaten like three days. I need food. Like that's the kind of like hunger we should have for just like having a pure heart. Um, and it's crazy. I don't know about you guys, but as I've like, like grown in my faith and walked with the Lord, I definitely, first of all, I see more of my sin, um, but and I des- and I hate my sin more, and I desire to be more like Christ more. And it's like every single day, and I'm like, like praise God, honestly, because that's just the Holy Spirit. But I feel like that's just a marker of a healthy spiritual walk when, like, you hate your sin and you love the Lord more and you want to be more like Jesus. Like those are, it just like shows okay, like there's some progress happening because sometimes it feels like there's not. Um, But yeah, Psalm 63 um, is an excellent psalm. And this psalm, um, David wrote while he was in the wilderness. So he's probably starving. He's probably thirsty. 
Um, he's probably really scared because, I mean, I feel like David's, like, always on the run about to get killed by somebody. <laughs> but he's like, you know, I'm going to sit down and write a poem. I don't know. <laughs> um, but he's in, <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the wilderness, and he's probably feeling hungry, feeling thirsty. Um, yet in this, in this time, he takes these moments to reflect on how his greatest desire is not for food. It's not for water. It's not for a safe place to be. It's just for God. Um, so verses one through eight is what we'll read today. Um, could someone read those eight verses for us? Thank you, Riley. You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry, harsh land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the riches of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because of you, because you are my help, I sing the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hands uphold me. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so that's a great psalm. Um, and that is the cry of the heart of someone who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. So just like how last week we went, I don't remember what psalm number it was, but we went to a psalm that mentioned meekness and kind of defined it. This is the definition of someone who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. Um, so how does, the, how does the psalmist seek God in this? Because he says, earnestly I seek you. So how is he seeking God? I accidentally just answered my own question. He seeks. <laughs> he, seeks <him> <laughs> he seeks him earnestly. Yeah, he <laughs> seeks him earnestly. Um, what does like the word earnest like sound like to you guys? Like, earn. Earn. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's like trying to go 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 to earn. Yeah. What is what else is like earnestness like kind of like? I don't know. How would you describe the word earnest? determined mm. with good intentions. Yeah. So it's not like determined because I want to win. Mm. It's like, I really, really want the Lord. I really, I just want to be with Him. I just want to know Him. Mm. I don't know if that's a great explanation of what no. earnest is, but that's good. determined with good intentions. Yeah, determined with good intentions. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's like, um, like I'm not going to give up <laughs> until I find the Lord. I'm not going to give up until I am, I am um, like, I don't know. It's just like a, I don't know. It's like when you put your mind to something and you're going to get it done, that's like the same, like the, the, what he's saying about his heart towards the Lord. Um, how does he desire God? Like how does he describe where his heart is at seeking the Lord? Whole being hmm. for you. Yeah. There's not a part of him that doesn't want the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It's a total and complete seeking the Lord. Hmm. And active, not passive. Active, yeah. Yeah. How else does he desire God? Um, 
I love the last verse. My soul clings to you. Like just like your soul, whenever the Bible says soul, it's like just referring to the deepest part of who you are, like the core of you, of who you are as um, like Andrea. The core of Andrea is her soul. Um, so it's just like deep down in there. I always like go like this when I say soul because I don't know, it just feels like, like that's where it is. I know it's like, I, the word soul is such a weird word, but um, like the deepest part of me, the deepest part of Riley Jefferson is that I want to be with the Lord, um, which is so convicting because it's like, is that actually true? Is my heart like David's here where it's, he's saying my, the deepest part of me, David, the shepherd, the one that's being attacked, chased down, is hungry and thirsty. My deepest desire is not the things that could satisfy me, but the the one person that can actually satisfy my soul. Um, so yeah, this is a, a great psalm to keep in mind and to memorize and to think about. Um, I also, I love, um, sometimes uh, we, sometimes when we are very, like whether we're just like anxious about where we're at, where we're at in life or we can't sleep, um, sometimes this is a great psalm to go to because I love how in verse 6 it says, I remember you upon my bed and meditate you in the watches of the night. Um, it's not an uncommon thing throughout all of time where people that are stressed don't get sleep. Um, David writes about his lack of sleep all the time. Um, and he says, like, I will praise you upon my bed. I will meditate you through the watches of the night. So on those nights where um, you want to be satisfied in the Lord, but there's just too much going on in your mind, I just encourage you to turn to the psalm and just think about it and to think, um, okay, God will satisfy me. He can be there for me. Um, he is there for me. Um, and like the things that I'm craving, it's actually him. Um, so yeah, just a good Psalm to keep in mind. Um, and so, yeah, um, I have a few application questions for us. Um, and then I have like a personal application question that I'll just have you guys write down and you can think about this week during your personal devotions and stuff. Um, so how can we go about making God our greatest desire? Because it kind of, like Andrea said, it's not like a passive thing. So how do we go about making him our greatest desire? If you struggle to remember, mm. to, to do things with God, for God, make it impossible to forget. Change your phone hmm. lock screen, change your phone back screen, change, you know, write it on your hand every day, put it all over your mirror, put yeah. it on your notebook, put it on your backpack, write it at the top of your homework, everywhere. And you're going to look like a nut for a little while. <laughs> Yeah. But if you if it's not your default setting to think about the Lord and to love the Lord, you have to make it hmm. that way. Yeah. And so you wake up and you know there's a post-it note right next to where your head sits by your nightstand and you're like, love the Lord today. Like, oh, love the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. A little reminder. Yeah. Because we're forgetful and. Like, we need those reminders for sure. One thing that Macy used to do, she doesn't do it anymore, but she used to, like, have a daily or weekly Bible verse, something that she would memorize. I don't remember if it was daily or weekly. It's probably daily because she's got a brilliant brain. She can memorize very quickly. Um, But she would fold up a piece of paper. She would put her thing her verse on the piece of paper and she would fold it up and then she would stick it in her fingers and carry it around in her fingers all day. Um, and she kept them all. She kept them like all in a jar afterwards. Um, so she's like literally all, I know, I know. Um, and so like she literally like kept the word of God, like in her hand, like all day long. I was just like, whoa, that's so cool. And somehow she trained her fingers to actually like keep it there. Like she would talk and it would be there and it'd start conversations. But yeah, I always thought that was really cool. Yeah, how else can you, how else do you think that we can go about making God our greatest desire? 
struggling to see God, set aside time to point out where he is. Mm-hmm. Right, so the fact that your favorite gym shorts were clean on the day when you're going to play tennis with your friends or whatever, right? That's not just, you know, good coincidence, mm. right? That's the Lord being like, hey, you know what? And some people yeah. think that's a stretch, like, but, you know. God is sovereign. does all things. <laughs> so, in my brain, I'm like, wow, Lord, thank you yeah. for having my favorite, you know, shorts or leggings or whatever. Yeah. I mean. um, and just identifying every bit of your day mm. that was perfectly ordained by the Lord. Yeah. And it'll be overwhelming. And then you start to desire him to lead the rest of your life. Mm. The yeah. things that you are holding tight to that you don't want to give him, you're like, well, he's perfectly done everything else. Mm. Maybe I should just give it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And also, like, to the person that says, like, that's a stretch, like, okay, so, like, what if God, like, didn't do that? Like, it's more, glor- it's more like, joy-producing in me to say that he did. Also, he definitely did. <laughs> he definitely did. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Because he is sovereign. He does all things. He knows all things. And so it brings more glory to him. It brings more joy out of me. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see God more. Point him out more. Praise him more. Pray more. Read your Bible more. Like, all the basic answers. It's so true. Um, the more that you like seek after the Lord, the more you want to seek, the more earnest you get. Um, so this is like a, um, I guess it's like a personal question cause it's for you, for you, like your life, but I like do like want you guys to answer it out loud, but how have you seen God satisfy your desires? Has there been a, a t- like a time in your life that he truly satisfied you? Yeah. But like, I, you know, I have a real anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, every single time I just sit on my desk or even just come here and talk about the Lord or just my desk, reading the Bible, it's like gone. Yeah. Like, I just notice that all the yeah. time. Like, I'm reading the Bible, it's gone. Yeah. All my anxiety's gone. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest one in my life would be my marriage. Really? <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've, I had a crush on David since I was five. <laughs> I'm praying for him and his sisters and his family and all these people like in the middle school prayer room. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you guys are girlfriend. Can I be his girlfriend? <laughs> all of the little things that you guys have to know. But um, I was dating and engaged to a different person. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm not. Obviously I'm married to David now. And I know that's, that's maybe not a great example of the Lord's fulfilling desires or satisfying things that you want in life, but I don't know. I mean, I think it is. Yeah. Like, I've been praying for that family, for your family. I've been praying for all of you guys for decades hmm. before we started dating. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the Lord, like, like the Bible is so clear that the Lord does give us good things when we ask. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of have like a, I've never like really shared this with anyone other than like, I guess Luke, but I remember like a week before I met Luke, I was in the car. I had just come back from like meeting with a friend um, who was going through a really hard time with her, like a guy that she was with. And it was like a really bad situation. And I was just like, 
in the car and I was just praying and I was just like, man, it'd be so cool to have just a partner <laughs> to like, like, like to do either ministry with or to pour into people with so I could like handle a situation like this and bring someone with me who is like a guy. And I was just like, man, I like really desire that. And so like, I just like, Lord, if that is your will, like I would love like, I just, like, want to be married for the right reasons. Like, I want to find a guy and, like, pursue a relationship for the right reasons. And I want to glorify you. And so if that's your will, like, I just ask that you send him my way. And would you satisfy just, like, my deepest desire? Like, help me not, help me not like, idolize it or desire it more than you. But, Lord, if that's your will, give it to me. Literally, the next, the next week, Luke just, like, walked into church. And then, like, we, like, started dating, like, a week later. And then it was just, like, wow. <laughs> like, the Lord really does answer prayers and desires and not saying that it's gonna like he's gonna fulfill those desires every time but he he really does sometimes even just satisfy our like earthly desires um and we can keep our focus on him well there's a difference between a selfish desire and a righteous desire yeah so i'm sure at some point in your life you're like lord i just want a boyfriend i just want somebody to go to homecoming with i just want somebody to sit right yeah whether or not we're willing to admit it, every one of us has thought, oh, I just want a boyfriend or <laughs> at some point in our lives. Yeah. And that's a selfish desire. Mm. We're not going to fulfill that. Right. Right. Because that's rooted in what I want, when mm. I want it, how I want it, who I want. Mm. But the second, and that happened for me too, the second I was like, okay, Lord, I know this engagement just ended badly, but mm. I really liked, it was the same thing, I really liked having a partner. Yeah. I really like having someone to, to just help me or to just do things with and you know if that's your will and the second it goes from a selfish desire to a righteous desire wanting to earnestly seek the lord Mm. and fulfill the plans that he has for you that's when he's willing to satisfy that's when he's willing to give Mm. um and i think that that's something that we miss sometimes yeah for sure but right going back to righteousness how, how quickly did the Lord satisfy your desire hmm. when your motive switched right. to a righteous motive? Mm-hmm. So quickly. Yeah. Right. right. And, like, also, like, in that moment... Like, I also felt completely satisfied being single, too. Yes. And that's the thing. Like, the Lord can still sat- – like, he cannot answer your your present desire and say, but I will still satisfy you. Yeah. Um, and, like, definitely you can, you can be just as satisfied um, single and doing the will of God than you can with a partner doing the will of God. Yeah. yeah. So kind of – this is the kind of the same question, but it's a little different. How have you seen God change your desires? Mm-hmm. I really, really want something to be right. Yeah. I want it to be good. If I am thinking about something, like if I think about, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so if I'm like, I want to get a, I don't get a job or whatever. I really want it to be the right job. And mm-hmm. do I really need to be working, or do I just need to trust mm-hmm. that the Lord is providing for us through David's job? Like, you know, do I need to be added to our family in that way? Is this right. just a selfish desire to, you know, do something with myself and not acknowledging this incredible privilege I have to raise my son by, like, Hmm. raise my son at home. Yeah. And so I find myself, like, I start with a desire, but then I think it through for just a minute or two, and I'm like, I just, I just want it to be good. I just want it to be right. I just want it to be what the Lord wants. Hmm. And I find myself so often, 
just not wanting to think. And I know that sounds arrogant, like, I'm so humble. I don't <laughs> but I find myself switching over to, I, I just don't, it just doesn't yeah. matter. I don't want to desire because I really just want what the Lord has. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't even think that I don't even think that's bragging because as long as, like, you know that that's like the Lord working that in you, that's not like that is totally not me. I'm yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and which is like why like it's totally fine to say those things. Like my desires have changed. I don't want things as much as I used to. Well, it's because the Holy Spirit is inside of you and like working yeah. those things out. Like all glory to God. But it's just like yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. How else have you guys seen God change your desires? I know for me, I some of you guys know my testimony, and I just like um, in high school definitely chased after the things of the world. Um, it was very worldly. I don't think I was a believer because I remember like definitely living in sin and not feeling any guilt like at all. And I feel like that is a huge sign that you're not a believer when it's like sin, 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 life of sin, no guilt um, until like I met Jesus and accepted the gospel. But like the things that I used to do in high school, I like, first of all, I'm like kind of repulsed by them now. And now I'm just like, I have no desire for those things at all. And again, like that's just like, it's not it's not me that did that. It's all the Lord that just like changed my heart, opened my eyes and helped me hunger and thirst for righteousness. Um, I, I, I say this all the time, but it's like my taste buds changed. I used to crave the things of this world and now I crave the things of God. And that's only because I gave my life to Christ. Um, he changed like my taste buds towards life. Um, but yeah, how, how else have you guys seen God change your desires? raining outside yeah, <laughs> well thank goodness my back door is fixed yes <laughs> well that's okay maybe it's a question that you guys can think about this week of how god has changed your desires and then my personal application question we, we won't we won't answer this one today um but just something for you guys to write down and like maybe this week when you're doing your devotions you can just think about it um and answer it but what things in your life do you need to stop chasing after what broken cisterns are you going to um, like just you can list them out you can write them down you can ask the Lord to reveal them to you um, what things do you need to stop chasing after um, and then how can you hunger for righteousness in your life so those are the two questions that you guys can use as a guide this week as you think about it um, but yeah just know that um, I mean we've basically um, like talked about this the whole time but only God can satisfy you nothing else will um, nothing else that you think can satisfy you will unless it's God. Um, it's just how it is. It's how we were created. There's no way of getting around it. Um, and my greatest desire is for you guys to have a greater desire for the Lord. I, I pray that for you all the time. I, I pray that your desire and your love for God would grow because that's where you're going to find true happiness. Um, so, yeah, just cling to him like, the, like David said in that psalm. Um, cling to him. Trust in him. Um, and, yeah, hunger and thirst for righteousness for you will be satisfied. All right, I will pray for us. And then, yep, we'll get on with our Saturday. Um, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I, um, I thank you for this morning. Um, Lord, I thank you for the wonderful reminder that you alone can satisfy us, God, and that, that that's how you made us, to not find any, any satisfaction in anything else other than you. Um, so, God, I just pray for these ladies this week as they go about their weeks and they're confronted with a lot of different things that might 
uh, they might think could satisfy them, um, whether it's good grades or a relationship or um, the approval of others or whatever it may be, Lord, would you just um, remind them gently that you alone are the source of their satisfaction? And Lord, I thank you um, for sending Jesus to die on the cross so that we might um, have a relationship with you and find that satisfaction and that, that purpose in our life. Um, Lord, keep our eyes focused on you. Help us share the gospel this week with those in our life. Um, and yeah, Lord, you are so good to us. In your name I pray. Amen.